everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Rambling Tea Time. This is Chris and Kim. Hello. Kim, happy birthday. Well, a couple days after your birthday, but happy birthday. You're just going to call me out like that? Yes. She's older now. I mean, I don't feel it, but... Or do you feel... Great. You know how this, um, people used to be like, do you feel wiser now that you've grown a whole year, had a whole year of experiences and whatnot? I really don't like how people think that just because it's your birthday, you're smarter and wiser. <laughs> I would hope that I know more things. I think that throughout the year, you'd mo- you know, yeah, as know. a person, as a human, hopefully you would learn more things. It doesn't matter that it's my birthday. It's all like, yes, I'm enlightened now. It's like, no. But you had a good birthday, though? Why are you asking me these questions? I'm just asking. The birthday was fine. Okay. Did not feel like anything changed. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to our lovely tea this evening. Um, what is this? I don't think we've had it on the show yet, but we've both enjoyed and tried it many times. Yes. We're both having Bigelow. I love lemon. Very basic tea for like i mean lemon lemon and lime teas aren't that hard to make by yourself at right all. but i like this it's pretty good it's... i like it too i i like how the lemon comes yes. through I, that's exactly what it is mm-hmm. it's just lemon mm-hmm. and i appreciate that it tastes like lemon <laughs> and doesn't taste artificial in any yeah way. yeah it doesn't taste like fake lemon yeah you know like if you get a candy and you're like oh my god like i can taste the chemicals that were added in like whatever glycerin and whatever <laughs> you know get what i'm saying right yes but this i can see it tastes like lemon yeah it doesn't taste disgusting either it doesn't taste like the f- the artificial flavor of lemon exactly it tastes natural i like that I mean, I can make myself my own lemon tea, but I don't yeah. mind. I like it. I like it too. Nothing ama- too amazing. Good tea overall. It doesn't, at least it doesn't taste like a lie. Yes, that is true. Yeah. It's like some of the uh, other fruity teas taste like, claim to taste like something, but it they really aren't. don't. Yeah. It's too artificial for my taste. Yeah. But yeah, this does a good job. Agreed. Now, Kim. Yes. I was inspired by your... Remember that episode you did a while back about superstitions? I took from that and I wanted to go and do something with magic. And then I went and researched stuff about magic mm-hmm. and realized how much stuff it was actually. is and, and very complicated for something. Too much text. Yeah. It's just way too much. And there's a lot of really technical historical stuff that talks about magic and religion and how religions and folk too much yeah i would too much okay and and then the history of multiple places and where their practices and folk cultures and the history of why they do so and so it's way too much Mm -hmm. so i decided to narrow it down for myself and just focus in on magic practitioners and a few unknown maybe like magic cultures or different types of magic ideas from different places 
um, I tried not to focus on the ones that were very common that most people know about, you know, like stuff like witches, because most, I'll get into that stuff, about other types of witches, but okay, I didn't okay. focus on witches, didn't talk about Salem. When you say witch or magic user, it conjures an idea in the mind of right. like a witch in a hat or a warlock in a coat and covering the face, that type of stuff. It's kind of basic entry level stuff. So I decided to just grab some that people know, mm-hmm. some that I didn't know anything about, and just go from there. I mean, it wasn't as many as, I cut down a few, because I ended up writing my my own thesis on different magic histories okay. and stuff connected to one another. It got, it was too much. It was just a little too much, Okay. So, we're going to start with something very, very simple that most people know. It's voodoo in Haiti. Mm-hmm. It's an African diasporic religion that would develop in Haiti between the 16th and 19th centuries, which is often seen as a practice involving magic. Voodoo is also one of the official religions of Haiti, and it's practiced by about 8 million people. Okay, I didn't want to cut you off, but voodoo is a religion? Yes, okay. it's, it's straight up a religion and has magical practices. Most practitioners are in Haiti. Okay? It's not just about, you know, like how we see it in movies and stuff like cursing people or raising the dead. Mm-hmm. It's more about, it's based on like everything has a spirit and humans exist to serve spirits through rites and prayers. Okay? Okay. Uh, I have so, questions about that. Okay, ask a question. You mean inanimate things have spirits as well? Because I believe that personally, I. Well, I wasn't sure about that as well. But as far as I know, yes, they kind of mean like everything has a spirit, especially things that do or alive have spirits, mm-hmm. and you need to pray to those spirits, offer up rites and whatnot, and with dancing or divination, performing like eating, drinking that type of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Because oh, there's this really like special like um you know how islam has their trek to mecca okay in haiti is this place called souvenance i think i'm saying it let me correct it's a festival that's held around easter mm-hmm. and it's kind of uh where voodoo people come from all across haiti and even the world those who practice it and it's a meeting point just like a small little village that's like a special place in haiti okay? really yeah it's okay, so there's a pilgrimage yeah, kind of thing. It's kind of well, not oh. a pilgrimage, but it's but yeah, kind of. It's really interesting, and there's like a whole bunch of different pictures and stuff to show you like how people are doing like the practicing and stuff. It happens every year. Oh, okay, so it's like a conference, but it's not... a pilgrimage <laughs> to the conference, a it's retreat, a pilgrimage to conference the retreat. to the Sauvignons, If I remember correctly, it's kind of like a holy site then. Okay. okay. It's a, a small little village, but it's important to the history and of the religion in Haiti. Mm-hmm. And they have all the different um, rites and rituals that they carry on during the days or so of the actual festival and whatnot. It's pretty cool. I didn't know about this at all. I didn't know. That. I definitely don't know anything about this. Yeah. So, yeah. And voodoo, like. A lot of the, a lot of the, like the magic and stuff that you see in movies and stuff like that is technically in like voodoo and whatnot, but it's more about 
using the spirits and humans exist to serve the spirits and mm-hmm. whatnot and help and having like spiritual possession and they enter like translate states and whatnot uh, okay. yeah but yeah it developed and it's often seen as a type of magic but at the same time it's also considered a religion i really did not know that yeah very wow. interesting there's a way more stuff about it but just keeping the brief and giving the interesting points about stuff like this on to somewhere else that I have no complete stuff, but I want to do more history on, mm-hmm. is Mangukulam. It is from the Philippines, and Kulam is a type of Filipino witchcraft. Kulam. Kulam. It is practiced by witches and or sorcerers, and they are called Mangukulam. Okay. okay. They perform black magic. Mangukulam utilizes certain methods similar to voodoo, like potions and casting spells and incantations, either to do harm or to bring good, depending on what type of spell it is. Okay. Mangakulam is a from ancient Tagalog beliefs. It is a mixture of Christianity and folk beliefs. And the Tagalog are the one of the largest ethnic groups that reside in the Philippines, especially in Luzon. This, I had more information on this, but it got into more like historical context of like where it came from and whatnot. Mm-hmm. There's also some people who do not like to associate with the manga kulam because they see some of them as, as scaring well. or whatever. Because which which in certain in a lot of you've seen a lot of these witch cultures, witches or whatever, medicine men and whatnot, they're seen to have power. And they're respected for because they have power. So but people they're feared as well. Exactly. So they're feared as well. And the actual um information I was reading, the researcher who was going about up to the Philippines and stuff, said that some people did not want to come with him because of where he was going and who he was going to be talking to, mm-hmm. because they didn't want to like be associated with them. Um... Not like because they hated them or it was more like they were fearful that they didn't want like maybe a spell cast on them or whatnot. So yeah. I mean, they wouldn't just cast a spell on you. They I know, aren't but vicious. I exactly. Don't think. They aren't vicious and because mo- many of them are used like medicine people in their like exactly. villages and whatnot. But people still keep them at arm's length. But you know what I think it is because how they've been portrayed. Mm-hmm. And also the power that they claim to have as well. Exactly. So you the don't really... The fact that it can do harm as exactly. well is what You don't really... want to piss off the witch next door, to be quite honest. I would not <laughs> piss off the witch next door. <laughs> okay. Now this is something that everybody, well, a lot of people know about. Japan fox witches. Okay? Or kitsune. Kitsune. Yeah. Uh, foxes play an important role in Japanese folklore and as well as like stories of witchcraft. Fox witches are kitsune or separated into two types. Mm-hmm. There's the kitsune mochi. They are individuals who bribe the foxes with food and then make a deal with the animal in which they get magical powers and granted for return for food or care. Right? 
the magic from these fosters is normally seen as bad because that means that once they get the humans get it and they normally use it for evil yeah right so the kitsunemuchi are considered evil and they use it for like possession and the fosters will possess people most of the time women you know most of these things are always women <laughs> and inflict various ailments or they would have fits and they'll be shouting and running naked frothing yelping similar to a fox or uh, or, or just be hungry for food traditionally preferred by foxes. This is extremely common throughout East Asia. The idea of fo- not just fox witches, but women witches that were like crossed with animal types, okay. and always being always being evil. But on vice versa, there's the Sukumoni Suji. There are families that have the control over powerful foxes. The foxes provide like their powers, luck, and prosperity only if they're taken care of. Mm-hmm. And the families as a whole normally pass down the whole like thing to, gener- to generational lines and whatnot. I've seen both these things portrayed in anime and manga and video games. It's like extremely common for me, like whole fox switch idea mm-hmm. or fox switches. But yeah, apparently this is still some families still practice and I was have control say over like there are there are different things that are passed down as well. Yes. You know cuz they say that there's so many different things that could reside in a home, different things that bring uh-huh. prosperity, some like these, things there's a dog, um there's so many different like There's also stuff. things like the zakashi warashi it's kind of like I know what you're no, saying. talking about, it's right? Warashi at the warashi. end, but what is it? Zarashi it's... Warashi or something? Zaki, I think. But those are also like house spirits as right. well. That if you keep, if the house is kept well, they develop and they stay and protect your home. Right, right. Uh, that they also like stay and like pass down from generation to generation. There's also the Sukogomi. Supergomo, sorry. That's when like a uh, inanimate object gains a spirit after like a thousand or so years I or hundred years. I personally believe that inanimate objects have spirits. Really? Yeah. So like this table here, if I beat the crap out of it, it'll haunt me. Okay, so that I don't know how to explain it, and I don't know when I started believing it, but I know that I've believed it for years. Oh, okay. Um, so probably the... back to when I was like really young as a kid, and I still believe it today. This is why you treat all your stuff with care, just in case. I try to. There's there's a thing that I do. It's okay. not a ceremony. I wouldn't call it, but something that I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. When I have a pen, okay, and I have been using that pen for such a long time, and all the ink runs out, or the mechanism stops working in the pen, or whatever, whatever the case is, I have to throw it away if I can't put back the ink inside of the thing. Okay. Even if I take out the the ink part, or I throw away the spring, or whatever it is, I'll say thank you to it a little <laughs> like small thank you ceremony thank you for you know Your serving service? me yes thank you for serving me so well you know during this period okay. and it's our time to part now and then i'll throw it away i did not know this about you at i all. know you don't know because <laughs> i've never told anyone that i do that but that's why i'm always telling you to be nice to your computer I know. well i'm always nice to my or the tech, phone or so. stuff like that you know things like that 
Because you never know. It might just stop working one day. Yeah. Exactly. I think these things have minds of their own. Respect your things, Kimberly says, or not, they'll just stop. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what's next? We are going to North America, and we are going to be talking about the Navajo Skinwalker, also known as the Yi Naudolsi. I don't know if that's the correct way of saying it. That's the only, that's the I'm reading the spelling. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how to say it because I couldn't find anything at the time of how to actually say it at all. It is a harmful witch who has the ability to possess or disguise themselves as an animal. The term is never used for healers or medicine men or women. It's just okay? disguising? It's kind of a shapeshifter or like a skin change, skin changer. Yeah, or like I said, skin walker. They just use it to disguise themselves. Um, the name Yi Naldosi, it translates by means of it goes on all fours so it's like it turns into an animal most of the time a dog a cat a bear yes yes anything like that um traditional navajo people are reluctant to talk about skinwalker lore or to discuss it among those that they don't trust i've seen a few excerpts about this it's more about it's just stuff that normies don't need to know or to understand in a way. I mean, I know we've seen type of stuff in like movies and whatnot, and but they just don't discuss it really. It's kind of like you don't talk about bad bullshit <laughs> type of thing. Is you don't it spread bad, it. Though? Well, in Navajo culture, they consider witches and like skinwalkers. They're like they represent the antithesis of Navajo culture values so like well healers and medicine men or women are considered good and positive and they're treated well in the community witches are seen as completely evil and they're like they're twisting of the same type of like magic and ceremonies that they're that they they learned because all healers have to learn both about good or evil magic in Navajo Mm -hmm. culture and those the only way you become a witch is if you choose to do to to corrupt yourself and become bad or to just like go the wayward path. Um this is a story from something that I read years ago on I don't think it was Reddit, but Navajo um man, because at the time he, he was a kid, he was talking about how he was on a reservation and he was going to a party with friends. It was like Friday and they were just going to relax. So they remember going to the party and he was like talking to a friend about how he heard something about some weird thing, creature or something walking around in that. And his grandfather and mother were telling him to be to be more careful, mm-hmm. you know, if anything happened to be to be weary. And seeing as how he was coming out in this modern age, he was like, yeah, whatever. I don't really care about that type of thing. Whatever, grand, I'll be safe. So he goes to the party and he's having friends. His friends, they all feel good. And then they all hear a, like a, a screeching noise, right? Okay. Over the music that they had playing. And they all don't know what it is. And they hear stuff like running around on the back or whatnot. So like him and another guy, they go and check. And they don't see anything. And then they hear somebody shout from like the front house. If I'm pretending to start right, and there's somebody's like, 
They grabbed her. They grabbed her. They grabbed her. Right. Who so grabbed who? The way how it was described, he said that some one girl at the front had opened the door, and something grabbed her and pulled her out. Pulled her out through the front door. So all of them were freaking out now in the house. They don't know if it's a prank or whatever, but somebody pulled her out. And when they go outside, she's like already like a whole bunch of feet just like down the way, like just lying down on the ground. So they're like, we need to leave. We need to leave. We need to leave. So they all like run and he's like making, he's making sure that everybody's leaving the, the, the place or whatever to get home, get in cars and whatnot. Because only a few of them. Mm-hmm. And he says that when he was running, he looked back and he saw like this, not, I don't even know how to describe it, but he saw it like, like this black creature, but like a hunched over lady and whatnot. And he says that he never really believed in a lot of the stories that he learned about different creatures and stuff in the Reddit. But he, that from that moment on, he just completely just like freaked out about that stuff. Wow. And I don't, I don't know if like take everything you see on the internet for like with like a grain of salt, but. He seemed pretty convinced that he wasn't drunk and <laughs> he saw they all saw and experienced something weird that night. Yeah. And it has stuck with him since he was like a teen. So yeah. Yeah. The skinwalker nearly got him. I they don't know what happened to the girl. They don't know how she ended up like a hundred feet away from the cabin. They don't Why know. Why did they just leave her? I don't know, dude. I guess it was trying to scare them. And apparently, and the person who screamed, it got her, it got her. What did they see? They just, she opened the door. Well, he, I don't know. There's, there's, he was in, he's in the back. She, apparently, she opened the door to see what, because they heard all her the noise, and they just want to see if that it might be somebody else trying to mess with them, right? And then something just like grabbed her out the door, and the door shut. Like with her, so she like opened the door, peeked out, and did something like grabbed her by her shoulders, and just pulled her out the door. Could it be a Wendigo? <laughs> I don't know, maybe, but they didn't. It, she just got like a little banged up from what I remember the story. I'm just I'm remembering the story. I'm trying to not like add any extra. I just remember that she got grabbed and pulled, but nobody got hurt. I see. She wasn't consumed. <laughs> Yes, she wasn't consumed, Kimberly. Okay. Okay, this is a... Sticking to uh, the Americas, going down to Chile. Uh, Kalaku and Machi. This one is pretty simple. Mapuche people of Chile believe that Kalku is an evil sorceress who exists in opposition to... Mapuche spiritual leaders and medicine women known as Machi. Both are women and both are in some regard related to witches. Mm-hmm. Kaluku is responsible for black magic and is seen as a mystical figure. While Machi is a religious leader or shaman or healer of ailments. It's kind of... It's similar. It's kind of like their own version of like yin and yang type of. You know how all these things Basically, it's almost like it's just the dark Kalku's side and the, the light. The ones who decided to do evil. Yes. And Machi is the ones who decided to do good. Exactly. A lot of cultures have something like this, and yeah. they always tend to be women 
are mostly apparently. I know. <laughs> Don't worry. There's there's stuff about dudes here too. There's but, also yeah. something I want to say. How do you? How is? How is evil and good magic separated? Uh, very what simple. What is considered? Evil, evil is mostly thing considered that you're using it to do some type of harm in any way. Like, sure, okay, you're a medicine woman, right? And you know how to use, you know about poisons and stuff, and you know how to cure ailments and stuff, right? Okay. But then you use that same knowledge to do harm. That is you doing black magic that's, within us, in a sense. That's what that is? In a way, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. For some, I thought you were going to say something else. There's but... other things to do with, like, cursing people or, like, casting certain spells on people to, like, hurt them, cause their relationships to go bad, cause them to get ill and slowly die because it doesn't look as obvious as a curse was on somebody if they get sick and then they slowly start to die or you poison some some of them chinese seem to really have liked that too i'll get to them as later okay <laughs> yeah but yeah here in chile they have their own type of like in well the mapuche mapuche people have their own type of you know black magic white magic Okay. I see. I didn't get as much as on them that as I wanted. So here we are now going across the sea mm-hmm. into South Africa, and to talk about witch doctors. They call me the witch doctor. Okay, stop. From a land afar, specializing in obia. I can get to obia later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is this in South Africa? Okay, native to the Zulu people, witch doctors are seen as healers who are divided into two categories. The Inyanga mm-hmm. and the, in- the Isangoma. Mm-hmm. The Inyanga are not dissimilar from like modern herbalists and practitioners of natural medicine. And the Isangoma are called to their profession by divine powers and perform tasks like predicting the future, Using their psychic abilities to protect against evil, Isangoma kind of, kind of are like spiritual leaders in communities. Mm-hmm. They use trance and musical rites to communicate with your ancestors, and both are are respected within their community, and they're often consulted for like uh, problems with health to spiritual. So here. The witch doctors, they're the two branches. They're those who just clearly take care of your health and use whatever. Physical health. Yes. Whatever physical thing. And then there's another where they like they take care of your spiritual health. I there see. isn't like any like evil. E- there isn't anything. Evil. I didn't really see a lot about that, about evil, because these are considered like legitimate professions that you can pursue and whatnot and you oh, have to learn. Okay. And it takes years to become either one of them or mm-hmm. you have to learn and pass down traditions and learn stuff like that. So yeah. You either are in in Yanga or the problem far more common understanding that people would get like herbalists and whatever they kind and they, some of them are actually more or like modern day like doctors they go to school and stuff like that right 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 and well and the in sangoma are more of the magic side type of ritual style type of thing but they're more or less like spiritual leaders of right. the community and they okay so the in yanga don't have psychic abilities 
I don't think so. They are more like they take care of the medicine, take care of you and that type of stuff. Okay. As far as I'm aware. I see. So yeah, the witch doctors here and legitimately where the term kind of occasionally come from is not, they're not bad. They're hardly witches at all, to be quite honest. So do you have the witch doctor with the obia hair? The song that you're talking about from yeah. years ago? Oh, no, we'll get to obia later. Calm down. I'm saying, are these two things not linked? The witch doctor and Obia. We'll get there. Okay. Gano witch camps. Yes, because... Yes. Is it school or something? No. Gano witch camps were established over like a hundred years ago. And there were places where witches, or those who thought to have been witches were sent to live with other witches and kept. So it wasn't school. It was not school. Um, It was those who were being used as scapegoats for tragedies like famine or sickness and death. I see. So they would blame someone in the village and say that this person is the reason why we don't have any pigs. Yes. So unlike like in America or Europe, where they would just burn the witch to death. Uh Uh-huh. They actually just sent them to a camp. And the camps still existed up till about 2014, 2015, where six of them got shut down in Ghana. And there's still apparently some in the northern regions of Ghana. Um, yeah. They still existed up to that recently. I don't doubt that this goes on. In small villages, in like in the country, maybe yeah. in some place, there are people in the world who still believe that they need to sacrifice what? It has to be a virgin girl, Christopher, uh-huh. to some god or some demon in some cave up on some <laughs> mountain for the village to have rain. Yeah. So this... I can believe that. Yeah, but I'm actually surprised <laughs> that they... I'm actually just surprised that of all the witch-type situations, they didn't just kill them. Yeah. Or just like... or well, I mean, there were their witch trials in America and whatnot, and those... So what did they do at the camps? They... It's pretty did much... they learn to hone their witch No, they just lived something? there. It's just kind of like a place. The, the only reason why they were really shut down is because this didn't have like... Like necessities, the electricity and running water. That's truly it. They're just like living in squalor and being blamed for things that apparently they didn't that because they're witches. Okay, so what happened to them after these camps were shut down? Well, they're apparently trying to incorporate them back into their like home, like their communities and whatnot. But people were saying that it's kind of the opposite. In that, because the camps are gone, they have nowhere to go, and their communities might Don't not ask, might not accept them yeah. back. And there were also like there were like a thousand women and like almost five hundred children living alongside their mothers on whatever in camps and whatnot. And they had no opportunities to like get education or whatnot. So yeah, like if you were sent in and then you had a daughter. Your daughter would stay there, and How if your would daughter you have, a, have daughter? A, like no, if you had a if you had a kid before you were condemned to being a witch, your your daughter would probably get sent with you, and she would stay there with you. You know what this is? This is all just a scheme so that they would have less mouths to feed in those <laughs> villages. You know that's what it always is. 
they're all like, we're going to send you away because you're the witch that caused the drought. <laughs> right? But it's basically them getting there with like the head of the village and mm-hmm. they're like, hey, chief, we really running low on provisions this month. You know, we got to send somebody away. The witch trials that happened in Salem and across like, Europe, in some cases, people were blamed and called, said they were witches because other people wanted their land. Yeah, people they are them. so conniving it's and a, horrible. It's always it comes back greed to greed and, and hysteria and <laughs> hysteria and whatnot. But yeah, yeah, Ghana witch camps. Leaving Africa and traveling across back to the sea, but this time to the Caribbean, the West Indies. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Obia. Yeah. Now this is something that we grew up knowing about, being mm-hmm. from the West Indies ourselves. It's not that we know anybody who practices it, but Obia has always been that thing that you hear that they can cast a spell on you or whatever, that type of thing. It is a folk magic religion hybrid. Obia originally came up during the slave trade as a form of resistance. Dark magic spells used to make predictions, gain knowledge, or obtain assistance for any tasks. The reason why those are very is very that very specific is because it's kind of like was used so that slaves could find out stuff about slave masters and other places and things like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of like used for like spy. I was just going to espionage. Or something. <laughs> Not really espionage, but it's more like to find out secret information, that type of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it wasn't, uh, it's not really a religion in the sense, there's not a lot of like rituals or ceremonies, there's both male and female practitioners, and it's more seen like spiritual guys that can help with a whole bunch of problems or whatnot. The magic started in West Africa, and it's found across like multiple farms and whatnot in the Caribbean. Like for example, Haiti we talked about, the most well-known type of obia is voodoo yeah okay uh so it has a it's mostly considered sinister but at the same time it's used for like your own personal benefit and you could buy charms to do stuff like that i there's not a lot really about obia because obia in itself kind of covers it's kind of like the top covers all of the different magical type things that happen in the caribbean Mm -hmm. it isn't just one specific thing it's more like you know they say that she practiced obia that's where she get all she marks right on that test that type of stuff Um, okay it's more buying on people through animals and that's yeah i don't know about that i know about you the it's all about final information that you shouldn't know so yeah obia very common about astral traveling i did not look into that i had a thing about it but i decided not to go into it at all because it was too much headache to understand not understand but to explain i guess we'll leave that for the physics episode <laughs> kim <laughs> physics is technically our magic system you're gonna jump all the way from the caribbean over into Slav areas or Baltic areas, and we're going to talk about Vedmak. In Slavic mythology, 
a vidmak is a warlock or male witch. Mm-hmm. Well, the female equivalent is a vedma. But unlike the latter, a vedmak might contain positive qualities about them. For example, they treat people and animals, but on the other hand, they're considered to be connected to evil and are careful of bringing harm and sending illnesses and killing cattle and spoiling harvests. The word is also used as an insult. And Vedmak can also turn into animals or any object. So you see, these are the superpowered witches. They have all the abilities. They can be good or bad, and they can also transform into animals or objects. The reason why I also brought this up is because under the influence of the Witcher fantasy saga, Andrzej Sapkowski uses the term Vedmak to also it's also rendered as the as Witcher in the English readings of some in some contexts. Mm. The word used for Witcher in the original Polish version of the no, of the um the novels Vich was coined by Sapkowski himself, where the word Vietmak is used in the books only as a derogatory term for witches. There is a certain changing of the language and twisting of it. And the reason why I originally found this was because I know that you completed the Witcher show not too long ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the, the term there. So if you want to call someone a witcher, you could say they're a, a Vedmak, a, a Vikmak, to insult them whatnot. Well, I wouldn't insult a witcher. From what I've seen, it's not a smart thing to do. <laughs> it is not a smart Plus, thing to do. Plus, I, I like witcher, so... I know you did. I have no reasons to insult. Okay. <laughs> this next? We're still staying in Slavic mythology. This time, Eastern Slavic mythology. And this is Zagovori. Oh, boy. It is a verbal folk magic. Uh, uses of Zagovarin can enchant objects or people. It is old as hell. <laughs> and years later, it kind of became Christianized with the rise of Christianity in that area. And a mixture of its elements also got mixed into that. But it originally started as pagan prayers and incantations. Mm-hmm. And it was also one of those, it it believed in the power of the human word. What was said and how it was said was super important. And especially the pronunciation of the words was extremely important. Whether you whispered them or you sung them, as well as the people observing the rights of the actual practitioner. And... As a result, the person who was the reformer of the rites had to give off a certain amount of life energy or stamina. They have to have they have to appear to be healthy then, okay. right? And uh, so, an example of this is that a Zagari practitioner should have a full set of teeth because okay. it, <laughs> they have to have a full set of teeth, or they have to have a knife that is a symbolic substitute for teeth that were missing. Because it focuses, like I said, the magic is all about how things are said and how they're how they were brought across, and it's all about speaking there. And having a full set of teeth means that you're healthy, and you therefore you can carry on the rites and cast the spells, or you can or, or speak the word. I have a question. It's a very 
interesting type of magic thing. They they can enchant objects. Yes. Or people. Yes. What about animals? I didn't see anything about animals. But if we lean on the idea that everything is an object and animals are objects, then I assume, then yes, they could probably enchant animals. Okay, I don't think animals are objects. They I meant probably like in fall the into basics people, or animals. If you're going with that logic. Yeah, but people are objects too. We're all objects, Kimberly. We're all atoms at the basic fundamental um, okay. level. <laughs> Great. So, can this Zug. Zagovery. Yes. <laughs> can this be used for evil? Or is I... this more like. I didn't really see a lot about it, about being evil. A lot of the history of the actual, seeing as how it's a pagan religion and whatnot, a lot of history of it is them combining with like Christianity in a way to survive for, instead of being like outcasted and whatnot. They have their, even their own like mythology and other things to do. They didn't go dive too, super hard in it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the history is about when Christianity was coming and they were considered to be pagans or wrong with them a going underground in a sense and then combining a lot of their beliefs in with Christianity so that if found it would just seem like just a weird Christian like practice or whatever like they have a whole song that's a Zagovery rite but it the way how it seems that it's just an off-brand Christian prayer but it isn't Okay. So it's all about like they're staying under the surface at the time, but still having their own cult, own like practices and whatnot. Because you know around that time when Christianity arose in, any if you, everybody's a heretic, that type yeah. of stuff, right? Yeah. So that's how they survive and how it's still kind of around today, but not really that prominent. I see. Yeah. Jumping all the way <laughs> from wherever we were in the Slavic lands. Mm-hmm. We're heading to Egypt, and we're going to talk about Heka. Heka was the deification of magic and medicine in ancient Egypt. The name is the ancient word for magic, in quotation marks. Okay. The Old Kingdom Pyramid text depict Heka itself, the actual idea of Heka, as a spiritual energy that gods possess. Okay. Heka is the energy, the magic energy that gods possess. Pharaohs need to devour gods in order to gain this magical power. This is this is one of the one of the old, old things that they were supposed to the cannibal pharaohs that was called needed to devour other gods to gain this magical power. Just, I don't I know. I don't either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Eventually, Heka itself was elevated to being a deity. So, and then a cult was devoted to following him. So, but it was magic. But it is, yeah. Okay. I have something here about Egyptologist Ogin Golet explaining that magic in the in the Book of the Dead is problematic. Is because the text uses so many different words that correspond to magic, and the way how Egyptians thought of magic that it was a legitimate belief, it was a god, right? Okay. At the same time, Heka is magic, but also at the same time, 
Hecker is used by the gods, but he was... It's really strange, okay? Because there's multiple old texts where Hecker was just magic. Then uh-huh. later on, it became that Hecker was a god. Then later on, it's like Hecker was created by Atom. Atom, sorry. Another god. Therefore, he wasn't... He was the god of magic, but he wasn't magic. But he still is magic. It's very confusing. Never mind. <laughs> I got it. So, Atom, Atom, created... <sighs> Hecka. But that's only and Hecka later. is the god of magic. magic yes. But he isn't made of magic. He is magic. Hecka is magic. He is all the magic that the gods use. I might be getting this confused, but Hecka is the idea, is magic in Hecka itself. Hecka is magic and the god of magic. Yes. That the, all the other gods use. Magic. It's so you weird. Know, if I saw this in television show, I'd be confused for a moment. And then I Kim? say... I'm gonna buy it for now, until it gets too confusing, and then there are holes. You don't like, man. <laughs> like, tr- trust me, Egyptian god stories will make amazing story because there's just so much weird shit going on there. Like, a lot of weird crap with penises and. Ugh, 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 I read too much stuff about this. It's just weird. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the Egyptian gods were weird, along Please, with. Please the- move on. Yes, but. I was trying to get to this point. Hecka magic is also another thing that deals with the speech and the word and how you say things. Uh-huh. Just like how, like, Zagovery from before. Yeah. It's all about, you know how even the Bible has that line, power and light, life and, what is Life and death life? are in the power of the tongue. Yes. That essentially is Hecka magic all over. It's all about saying things, having power and using the words to bend and do things to people or your life that's what i understand exactly but yeah hecka it was heck of a lot of work to actually figure out some of the stuff about this yeah seems like it and we come to we go from egypt and we travel across the the desert sands or whatever through the middle east onto the what is called we just go to china we're just going okay, to china okay. we're going to china wu is a chinese term that translates to either shaman or sorcerer mm-hmm. originally practitioners of chinese shamanism or wuism shaman is the common translated word for the chinese wu but it might actually be more of a spirit medium or a spirit intermediary to describe them better. Okay. Okay. Wu were both men or women. And sometimes shamans seem to have occupied as priests at shrines mm-hmm. or for, for local deities. Shamans were also employed the same way as witch doctors for like other cultures. And they had a lot of like healing arts and developed from them a lot of like that chinese medicine came from the original wu there's actually a really interesting thing where the wu the sink the 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 word for wu and the word for yi which is also a type of doctor come together come wu yi which is a witch doctor was a completely different thing from a wu which is a shaman but they're all kind of in the same circle what's a wu yi then wu yi is a witch doctor that does what though they kind of you they kind of do the same thing as a woo, but woo woo themselves aren't just 
witch doctors. That's why I said that it, it, it shouldn't just be considered a shaman or sorcerer. It should be considered a spirit medium. Because okay. what a Wu does is that they use the spirit intermediary or whatever to do things. They can use the spirits to help and heal people. That's where those are the Wu Yi. Those are the, the witch doctors. They're also the Wu who also like assist in court and help like the in different court places and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And like here, Wu anciently served as intermediaries with nature spirits and were believed to control rainfall and flooding and whatnot. Unfortunately, if during a drought they would perform a Yu sacrificial rain dance ceremony, right? If they failed and it didn't rain, they would get burned. They would burn alongside with a cripple. I do not know why a cripple had to be burned alongside the Wu if they failed. I think I know why. Why? I'm not sure if this is what they believe. But there are some cultures way back that believed when a person was born deformed or in that light Mm -hmm. that it was because a demon was possessing them. Well, yeah. Yeah, there's also... The, the Wuyi and whatnot also because you know like like that the same thing you just mentioned about how possession would would cause illness mm-hmm. the Wu were used to help like take exercise like spirits yeah. out of people and things like that so as to because because they're, they're not just shamans they're spirit intermediaries so they're supposed to help take the spirits out or get rid of bad spirits or or spirits and if they can't make the rainfall they'll die great <laughs> i guess so yeah this is just a small amount of i guess magical practitioners and magical beliefs and whatnot that have existed and not really practice super much some of them are still common some yeah, are I still, still hear about shamans all the time yeah you still do but it <laughs> depends on the actual type of shaman and what they do and whatnot and where because in my research i found that the, the term shaman is all, it's, it's widely used it's, for yes. covering a lot of things. It's, it's, it's too much of a a basic word to use, yeah. even here, because shaman here for Wu itself is more of more for like the witch doctor Wu, which is a Wu Yi, not the spirit, just the basic spirit medium or spirit intermediary. Mm-hmm. And because I'm actually I read so much stuff about this, <laughs> <laughs> like there is. There, I really appreciate those people who have come before me and have actually done this research over hundreds but of years. But you have fun, didn't you? Yeah, but you could tell that those people did themselves were confused because there's like different addendums and things from like years ago. It's like uh-huh. about the stories about how Wu themselves have also been considered like people who help with dreams. And then there's a whole bunch of paragraphs about why didn't he just get rid of the spirit, the spirit that was haunting the guy? Like that was one of the questions, like from like. Uh... This was this is a hundred years later, after the original story about uh-huh. Wu and Zhou, and now this is a hundred years later, and we're still asking the same question. Because the guy in sixteen fifty seven was like, "Why didn't Wu just get rid of the spirit?" Also, <laughs> the guy. For real, since they can. Because do that. all he did, because the story is just that all the Wu did was just translate the story, even though he should have like apparently helped with this. Maybe the Wu wasn't a real Wu. Because they're fake. There's stuff There's, all about of these people how... who are practitioners, they're fake. Lots of them, you know? Depends. There's a stuff about how the there's there was some Wu who were 
fake, but they were still, it was weird. It's like they were fake, but at the same time, they were accurate and they were actually still good. Okay, I don't get it. No, there's no, you're talking about there was like some fake people, but yeah. there was actually some stuff about who, who, who were fake, but at the same time, they were still good as doctors. But they what were kind of doctors? No, like medical doctors. They knew a whole bunch of stuff, but their their like predictions and stuff were just terrible. Right. So they were considered. They were like fake, but still cons. They were like consistent woo. <laughs> it was it's weird. Too much. There's so much stuff about woos. Anyhow, I think I Chinese understand history. why the earlier one is um divided to the ones who do deal with the medicine yes and the ones who deal with like spiritual i think you um, i think you, you know. realize that throughout most of these that i've chosen there's always that there's always the one the one who's considered either good or bad or the far more magical and spiritual one yeah. versus the one who uses like medical thing or yeah, in natural most, but in most cases they're one and the same and they came from the same place it's kind of like how witches in um in same like Europe and whatnot were just women who knew or men who knew stuff about nature exactly. and they knew what things exactly. would heal and stuff. They knew how to use poisons and what would cause so and so. So when your stupid kid goes running and run past some poisonous plant and you none of the doctors in town know why they're sick now and they have a fever. But the lady who lived out in the forest for a hunt for like for like exactly. seventy years and grew up learning about all the different plants that her grandmother or whatever. And then she takes care of your kid and then because she, she's the only one who knew about that plant plant she's brandished as a witch and then she's killed that's the thing because of a lot of ignorance ignorance, ignorance people not sexism you because be women women <laughs> women uh-huh. were not allowed to be doctors for a while but at the same time it was i know a lot of a lot of like witches and they say there's like women in the ones that but a lot of men actually were condemned for being witches as well like a lot of dudes got a lot more women though chris i don't know it's very sketchy definitely in america it's definitely a lot of women got blamed heck the first woman to actually be tried as a witch apparently might have been mis been mis um identified because a there were two women who had the same last name and both of them were married to the same so the same man with the same name in like a village across. So even though they were both they were both like claim claimed one was a witch, it might have been the other, but at the same time they both probably weren't witches. And back then you didn't really have quick information and it was just people spreading whatever rumors or lies they wanna spread about you. Something else, Kim. Something else. And then, I didn't Did focus. I had fun. I didn't focus on any modern day like Wicca or mm-hmm. like things that or whatnot like that because I didn't want to focus on new agey stuff that has. Yeah. There's so much new agey stuff that it comes it doesn't come across as I don't want to say earnest or truthful or whatnot because some of these people that practice all this old stuff still just scamming people but sometimes <laughs> it just come across as so like pretentious. pretentious and shitty and boring it's just kind of like 
oh, you have a bunch of yellow crystals on your desk. Okay, I guess your crystals. I guess your chi is over five hundred. I don't give a crap about that. I wanted something that were you actually know about people who actually practicing this stuff or older history of where these things come from. Mm-hmm. You know, I prefer that type of like an understanding of why do people believe this, how these things came about, and where they're going. I don't really care too much about... I know that a lot of, like, there's, like, Wicca stuff and witches now and things like that that actually practice and whatnot. But I couldn't remove my bias that all of it is non super nonsense to, like, this age of time and whatnot. But whatever. I'll probably do something about modern-day magic. Will it, you? Probably, and probably focus and talk about like how Alistair Crowley shaped a lot of the ideas that are still around today based on his books and his like writings and whatnot. But yeah, it was fun doing all this research and it was interesting because it it's something that I was always wanted to do. Some of the things I knew, but some of them, Yeah, I tried to find Actually, areas. Actually, most of them I didn't know. Yeah, I tried to find like little bits of things that some people might know, some things you don't know, things that are not as well known. I wish I had done more, maybe probably about chill, like South America and all that type of thing. But there's a lot of stuff that isn't super well known. I could have probably gone a little bit more into West Indies and things. But I wanted to just like dot the map of the world, just bum bum bum, few things all over the place, and avoid the most obvious ones. It was good. Mm, I'm glad you thought that, and I'm glad that you've listened to us so far, our dear viewers or listeners or whatever. Both. <laughs> uh, let us know what you think in any of the comment sections and we'll see you guys next time good night everyone